This podcast is now streaming on the Accounting Influencers main show. Subscribe to the Accounting Influences podcast to listen to more content just like this. You can also watch this episode on YouTube. Please like and subscribe to learn even more from the very best experts, thought leaders and influencers in the accounting and fintech world. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Insights in Accounting. Insights in Accounting. Sponsored by World First. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. On behalf of the Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network, this is Insights in Accounting with myself, Rob Brown, and Martin Bissett, where we give you the lowdown on the high points of the news that happen throughout the weeks and months that affect the accounting and fintech world. Martin, you are, have a very discerning eye. You know what's relevant and what isn't for our audience. Uh, millions of them all over the world, I'm sure. And a uh, piece has caught your eye from accounting today. What's it all about? Yeah, so, so we always let you know if we know the features that we are um spotlighting here so you know whether we are biased or not and most times we don't know uh, this is another one we don't know so in accounting today uh we have an article that was caught our attention called the four pillars of effortless succession planning now can there be such a thing as effortless succession planning i'll let you decide that one um by the author brannon poe now we don't know brannon um so that's so you clear that simply it's the content that stuck out to us and so what brannon does it sets the scene in three paragraphs, and I'll just sort of uh, summarize them. Uh, where Brennan says that accounting firms today are dealing with a double whammy that makes succession planning problematic. First, a wave of retirements as baby boomer owners retire. And secondly, we all know this one, a staffing shortage made worse by the pandemic. These two, says Brennan, feed on each other and make both problems worse. As an accounting firm broker, says Brennan, I've found that both problems can be solved at the same time by building a firm that is highly desirable. So let's stop right there straight away. Question for you, dear listener, would you regard your firm as highly desirable as we stand today? If not, we might have something for you. Some firms might be desirable from an acquisition perspective, Martin, because they're very lucrative, profitable, but we're talking about employer brand, aren't we? And attractive to talent and desirable as a place to work and want to fulfill your career. We're talking about succession planning. So that could be an MBO, that could be bought out from the existing team, for example. So this not only makes your firm a more pleasant place to work, says Brennan, feeling highly desirable, and more attractive to source talent, but succession often takes care of itself, they argue. If they don't like working there, no one else will. So Brennan qualifies this. For smaller firms with revenues under $5 million, so about 4.2 in pounds, uh, Brennan's team has noticed that the most successful firms focus on four pillars. Building a firm that focuses on these pillars takes discipline. We're not always great at discipline. It won't be easy, they warn, but this approach may not be to every firm's liking and may not even be possible for all firms. Wait, he's just told us if it was effortless, Martin, and now you're telling me it's going to take some wanna, hard work. I didn't want to point out that irony. I thought I'd leave that for the listener to decide. Uh, this approach, so that so firms that intentionally focus on these pillars um, tend to have fewer problems with succession and staff retention. So maybe it's those that do it that find it effortless. That the succession is effortless when the effort is put in, Rob. Maybe it's that. Got it. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. We will. So here's the four that Brennan suggests. Number one, focus your service offerings. Now, understand that not focus on your service offerings, but focus your service offerings. 
Brandon says, you've got to be clear about what you're good at and what's in your wheelhouse. In other words, it's all right to offer a lot of different services because we think we should, but what are we actually good at? What can we actually be profitable at? Should we really be offering services that we can't make money on? Are they lost leaders? Otherwise, what's the point? Say no to the good so you can say yes to the great. There we are. There we are. And Brandon says, you've got to have a bit of cold business mindness about running your firm. You've got to prune away those service offerings that aren't in your wheelhouse. Two words advice that he gives here, Rob, don't dabble. And you've said on many occasions, Martin, how accountants cling on to those unprofitable service lines and those great D clients to the detriment. Yeah, absolutely. But that, that point, don't dabble, is interesting because that could also be uh, interpreted as don't dip your toe in advisory if you don't care about clients. Don't dip your toe in advisory if you're scared of pricing. Don't dip your toe in advisory if you've never got any time to do anything, any of it. You know, if you're going to get involved in advisory, which I'm just giving as an example, then clear some room for it. Make time for it. Second pillar, be selective about your clients. Well, I think we've had this talk before, but let's give it again. At least once a year, so go through your client list and identify your best and your worst clients. This was known back in 1992 as grading. Um, what are the commonalities that make your best clients pleasant to work with? Terminate your worst clients. Now, editorial time, I disagree with terminating your worst clients. I do not believe, it's very, very easy for a speaker to say, suck your clients. And the accountants go, okay. You know, that's not the reality at all. The reality is that there are relationships here. The reality is that these relationships last years, they might be multi-generational relationships. You don't just sack a client. What you do is you give a client options. And you say, we can't continue as we are. So in order to continue, do you want to? And you might consider a price rise in there. You might consider some sort of contra with referrals in there, or it might not be tenable at all. And you might simply sell the client to somebody who can look after them better. But you don't just sack the client and cast them out into the wilderness to go and find a new accountant. That's poor professionalism. Martin, so just make a, a link for me. What does being selective about your clients do for your succession plan? Oh, right. Well, first of all, if you have got what, to use a very UK Northern term, a bag of spanners <laughs> um, in, in your client base, meaning all kinds of different tools, but no real clarity as to what you specialize in, then it's a very mixed bag. So a somebody who wants to succeed you and buy you out one way or another is buying a mixed bag, not necessarily that attractive. You know, like a pick and mix and sweets, you know, you're going to like five, you're going to hate five. It's like, what was the chocolate lime doing in there? You know, that sort of thing. And if you are selective in your clients, then you might be, number one, becoming more attractive by raising your profitability, becoming highly desirable. It might be the type of work you do. It might be the tech that you employ that's highly desirable. It might be very easy for someone who succeeds you to come in and pick up the operations of the practice because they've got no fires to put out, for example. Same with focusing on your service offerings, right? Absolutely right. Absolutely yeah. right. Okay, thank you for that. So, so number three of the four that Brandon puts out is be picky about hiring, if only. Um, even though... We are in the midst of the worst talent crunch we've seen in years. Be careful about who you invite to join your team. Well, that's solid advice, certainly. You don't just want warm bodies to fill empty spots, or a little bit of a phrase, in your org charts, but you want people who fit into your firm culture. He's absolutely right, um, but easier said than done, of course. Um, once you have the right clients and the right people, you can focus on the culture of your firm. Um, now, he puts an editorial here. By the way, I'm saying Brandon is a he. I am hoping so. Uh, I used to think that firm culture was a luxury, says Brandon, but it's becoming a competitive advantage from the viewpoint of succession. Firms with great culture develop almost a kind of gravity around them. People see that this is a fun place to be, that they want to be there. 
Often though, the best people require a premium in salary if you want them to stick around. So be picky about hiring. Sound advice, but easier said than done at number three. And then at number four, price your services appropriately. If your prices are too low, Brennan contends, you may not be able to afford the team you need. This is music to your ears, Martin, isn't it? Well, I'm going to actually rewrite the sentence. (laughs) If your prices are too low, you will not be able to afford the team you need. Not you may not be able, you will not be able. Higher owner hours is often a symptom of poor pricing. Brandon contends, and I would agree with this. A decade ago, we could sell firms where owners, bear in mind Brandon's a broker, we could sell firms where owners were working 3,000 hours or more. Today, a big selling point is owner hours around 1,700 to 1,800 or fewer. So now, Brandon switches from advice to metrics. It goes from anecdotal now to empirical. And we find out what is actually an effortless or attractive, highly desirable, to use Brandon's term, metric, where 3,000 owner hours worked in the firm was still something purchasable. Now the owner doesn't want to work more than 17 to 1,800 tops if they're going to succeed in this firm. So that's worth noticing. Brandon argues that these four pillars, let's go through them one more time. That is, number one, focus your service offerings, not focus on. Focus your service offerings, don't dabble. Number two, be selective about your clients. Number three, be picky about hiring. And number four, price your services appropriately. These four pillars apply, says Brennan, equally, whether this is a solo firm or a larger firm. However, changing to focus on these can be harder for multi-partner firms because the decision-making process is more complex. In other words, more politics. In some cases, the best solution for a forward-thinking leader is to exit a multi-partner firm. And I've seen that happen. And start a solo practice where they can build the business they want to work in. Again, guys, I've seen that happen. So Brennan concludes that you ignore these pillars at your own risk. He says, we're in a period of rapid change. Yes, we are. And we've been in one for about 10, 15 years now. Technology is changing the way accountants do their work. Yes, it is. And what clients expect from their accountants. Yes, it is. Staffing constraints will become an even bigger issue than they are now, quite possibly. And will require changes sooner than tech will require, quite possibly. COVID has exposed the fault lines. Maybe. I think they're already exposed. Firms lacking the foundation of these four pillars will not be able to change as fast. Well, that is essentially an oxymoron. Um, Firms lacking the the foundation of these four pillars will not be able to change as fast as those who do. Of course, that's like like saying somebody who wears uh, running shoes on a rocky road will be able to run faster than somebody in bare feet. Of course, of course, that's the case. So that's kind of obvious to say. But for me on this one, Rob, the top one here is price your services appropriately. And the reason why I've gone for that is that that creates the profitability. That creates the space, the capacity, the money, the reinvestment opportunity, um, the headspace to be able to do the other three pillars that they suggest. So sound advice, but easier said than done. Yep. I'm going to ask you for the final takeaway from this, Martin, but just checking Brandon Poe's bio here. He is the creator of the Accounting Practice Academy, and he's also the uh, host of the Accountant's Flight Pan Flan. I'll say that again. He's also <laughs> he's also the host of the Accountant's Flight Plan podcast. That's easier for you than me to say. It's a really well-written piece and good stuff in there. Some of it's obvious. Some of it's pretty insightful. What is the big takeaway for accountants listening modern that want to be competitive and relevant in today's world? The big takeaway is, are you thinking about succession at all? Has it even crossed your mind? Because typically, if it's more than five years out, firms don't think about it. If they don't see their exit being within five years, it's not a priority. And they're not, without realizing that the changes they will need to make in order to make themselves highly desirable take longer than five years. So they have to start earlier than that. So for me, the big takeaway for listeners today is, have you given any thought 
to your ultimate exit? And do you want that to be a merger, an acquisition, an MBO, or something else? Do you want to just wind up the firm at the end of the day? What is it you're in practice for in the first place? That requires thought today. Yeah, thank you for listening to Insights in Accounting. Take some action, do something, share this with somebody, start a conversation, get something going. Succession plan is the difference between success and failure for you, your career, and your accounting firm. Enjoy the rest of your day and do check out our other shows in the Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Insights in Accounting with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Giving you the edge, the latest news, analysis and recommendations in the accounting and fintech world. Sponsored by World First.